This Bites, discussing Milwaukee's culinary and restaurant culture. With Ann Christensen of Milwaukee Magazine and Tariq Moody of 88.9. This Bites is brought to you by Society Insurance. Welcome to This Bites, Milwaukee's culinary podcast. With the goddess of food writing and critique, Ever Essence, a.k.a. Ann Christian of Milwaukee Magazine. And I am Tariq, a.k.a. The Architect. And this week's uh, This Bites... We're going to discuss the uh, recent uh, change in policies, the stay-at-home policies for restaurants that happened last week, where the mayor said that restaurants can now do dine-in service. We get into the details with Ann and what that means and what our restaurants are saying out there. Then we uh, there's a new Laotian restaurant at the Crossroad Collective. And then Fauntleroy, the French restaurant, is uh, has turned themselves into a little market. And then we're going to also talk about... Uh, we mentioned it last week. We want to go in details to Anne's piece on a list of amazing black restaurants to support in Milwaukee. And then we're going to uh, Anne's pick of the week, cookbook pick of the week, which is not uh, a cookbook per se. We'll get into that. But right now, Anne. Yeah. Last week, the, the mayor, out of the blue. Yeah. Um, no warning to restaurants. Um, at least according to the restaurants, how they, they, they said. Um, said, hey, open your bars, open your restaurants. Come on down and dine. And um, kind of on my Facebook feed, I saw a lot of uh, comments, not pretty comments, but uh, give me the lowdown on this. What's what's the details on this? Yeah. So last week, Tom Barrett, our mayor, um, announced that restaurants and bars could reopen for indoor service at 25% capacity. Okay. So that was to start on Friday, June 5th. But the announcement was made the day before. So it was giving restaurants and bars essentially 24 hours notice um, with very little uh, (laughs) guidance on how to do that. So restaurants, you know, I, right away we just, I started calling, I had an intern start calling and I was seeing restaurants posting on their social media, particularly the ones that were like not ready that, you know, very directly saying, no, this is not, this is not going to happen yet. We don't feel ready to do this. Um, you know, not only do we, you know, feel like our staff is not ready. Um, it, you know, this also, you know, in some cases they were saying, you know, um, this is also happening while we're in the middle of um, uh, a couple different uh, huge uh, life-changing events. One being COVID-19, the other being, um, Black Lives Matter and the protests uh, uh, subsequent to um, the killing of, of George Floyd and people rightly going to the streets. So um, a lot of restaurants, or I shouldn't say a lot, but there are some restaurant owners that were saying that their reason was they, they were also feeling that um, the, the announcement was supposed to take away from, uh, you know, this, maybe uh, this idea of, of, of protesting, that maybe the, this would be a distraction, exactly. So, um, so yeah, this was extremely controversial. And um, I would say the majority of restaurants that I've talked to, they were not going to open. They were not ready to open and they were not entertaining the idea of it. I mean, they were going to continue to do curbside, but that is it and to me according to what i've here like 
restaurants make money by packing the house and turning it over. Can 25%, do you think 25% capacity can even make a dent? Would it be worth higher bringing people back? But like that might cost even more money to run a restaurant at 25% than just do curbside. Right. I don't know. I'm not a restaurant owner, but it just seems kind of open your restaurant at 25%, but that's, I don't know, I guess. For a restaurant that's really small, and let's say they've only mm-hmm. got like 12 tables to begin with, when they open at 25% of that, I mean, that that isn't even worth it to them. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, if we're talking a really big restaurant, maybe. In like a chain? <laughs> like, like a cheesecake factory could do it, probably? One of the other things that um, uh, Mayor Barrett said... Um, at the same time was that outdoor dining would be allowed with precautions for social distancing and then can be expanded under the pilot active streets for business program. So, um, you know, we've talked about this before that maybe outdoor dining is going to be a way that people can, you know, be at a restaurant, um, dine, but also social, social distance. Um, but again, I don't know that uh, many restaurants right now are even prepared to do that or were prepared to do that. The funniest post I saw about that was the Vanguard. Like they go, are you going to open Vanguard? And they post a picture of Bugs Bunny oh, yeah. with the word, no. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> and there are some are opening. They're like, I saw posters like, come on down, you know, but I, I don't know. I I have a lot of thoughts on this and that that 25% is kind of like, is that even worth a restaurant? As you said, like the small restaurants that even worth their energy and time, the cost to do that. It's, it's more cost effective to keep doing curbside, right? Than to do a 25% opening. I get what the mayor's trying to do, but I do understand like that timing was kind of weird. I'm going to put it out there. It was weird. Um, and I can understand where restaurants are coming from. I saw a lot of restaurants going like, really like, no, we're staying closed because of the protests. And I think it was a, was a good kind. Um, yeah. So they're like, no, dude, there's a protest. People's lives are at stake here. No. Right. <laughs> so um, this year, man, this year is it's a doozy. I have to say. Oh my God. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, what did, what is interesting though, Tariq is, um, who are those people that are going to be at the, going to those restaurants? You know, I don't know. I, I, I could see people doing it. Cause you know, I don't know. Just like people were in like Geneva packing in the house and you know, there's people on both sides of the aisle, right. When it comes to this issue. Yeah. So, and, and restaurants have been open now for a bit out in, in outlying counties like Waukesha County, Ozaki County, um, too. Yeah. So, so, I mean, my my personal fear is that, based off what I've heard from scientists and all that, that, you know, this, what happened with COVID-19 is the first wave, and I've seen these graphs showing in October, we could potentially have a larger um, resurgence of this because of what of the activities we're doing now. Yeah. And I'm more afraid for that. I mean, I hope nothing happens, and I hope it's over. I hope we have a vaccine and all that, but I'm more afraid... You know, if if they say this chart, oh, this, this much, but October, oh no, like that scares me. But again, I'm not a scientist, so. Yeah. Coming up, we'll continue our conversation about a new Laotian restaurant that's uh, popped up in the Crossroad Collective. Fontleroy, the French restaurant, has transformed into a market 
we want to highlight uh, some of the restaurants on Anne's uh, um, Black Restaurant list in Milwaukee. We're to support Black restaurants. And then her book pick of the week. We'll be right back. Nonprofit Radio Milwaukee is brought to you by you. A membership contribution is your personal commitment to music and Milwaukee. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org to check out your donor benefits and the thank you gifts to show off your 88.9 pride. Now we're back. And Tariq, this bites Milwaukee's Culinary Podcast. There's a new Laotian restaurant that popped up in the Crossroad Collective called Thum. Um, and the funny thing, there was Sapsap did a pop-up there not too long. Actually, they had a pop-up right before this COVID-19 pandemic kicked in. Um, so it's nice to see uh, Laotian cuisine back there again. It recently opened up, I think it opened up last week. Uh, and I'm just looking at the menu. Uh, you can get it um, delivered or or curbside because I like Crossroads because they have their own kind of delivery service at Crossroads, I think. So I don't use the other services. Uh-huh. I either go curbside. Only place I have delivered so far is Crossroads and and I try to tip well on that. But uh, the you can get like, some really tasty chicken wings. They have these sticky rice cakes that I know Sap Sap did. I love that stuff. They have various types of the sauces you can dip in, kind of spicy sauce. Uh, the grilled beef I had, it was just really tasty. I sh- I wanted to get the lob chicken. Of course, you know lob, kind of chopped up chicken with fresh herbs and sticky rice. Yep. They also have a grilled chicken breast. So it's it's not a big menu, but you get a little taste of Laotian cuisine on the east side, which is kind of nice. Oh, it sounds great. So you, you've had lob, right? Oh, I love lob. Oh, and it can be, I want to make that. You, you said ground chicken. It can be ground. More often I have, I've had it with ground pork. It's just what I love about it too is it's almost like light and refreshing. It's like a salad in a way. It's just yeah. the minced meat. And um, then you have, uh, you know, in that wonderful like, like soy fish sauce um, marinade and you know, you kind of wrap it in a lettuce leaf and, and with the sticky rice and the fresh lemon and some fresh herbs. It's so good. I think the herbs is just the one that takes it over the, yeah. the top. The fresh herbs, just it just hits right. with the, the it, it Basically, it hits all the senses, right? The bitter, sweet, sour, spicy. Yeah, and I also... It does that very balanced well. I also love the toasted rice powder they, they always put on it. Um, oh, yeah. Which I don't... I mean, I suppose you could do that at home. I've never done it. Um, have you ever made toasted rice powder? No, if I anything that says powder, I'll probably buy it. <laughs> yeah. What I love about it is it has that texture to it. And then, of course, you know, the, I think you're also, when you talk about herbs, you're talking about lemongrass. Fresh lemongrass is so good. Um, next is uh, Fauntleroy. Um, we mentioned Fauntleroy, the guys behind Dan Dan and all that. They, uh, they kind of took a stand last week to uh, and, and a voice in, along with the protesters against um, police violence, systemic racism. By um, throughout the month of June, Dan Dan, all sales, ten percent of sales would be given to a organization fighting the cause. Uh, last week was the NAACP. I'm not sure what this week is. So each week they will change the cause. So, um, but their sister restaurant, Vaunt Leroy. Um, is now a market. Yeah. We can get like goods and convenient items and specialty goods and stuff like that. Um, I haven't been there yet. I've seen pictures of it. It looks kind of cool. Might stop in. But like they also, they're giving the uh, service industry 10% off 
anything they out of that store, which is cool. And you can also get pottery from the plate collective in there. Which is very cool stuff, by the way. And, the, and you, you know that the plate, the plate collective, um, the woman who owns it, the potter is married to Dan Jacobs. Therein lies the connection. And they're not the only one in the market. I think Don's Diner was one of the first ones to like say, you know what? <laughs> I don't know if this restaurant thing is going to work. Let's just try a market. And they, I went in the market and they had everything I needed that day I was looking for. So it was kind of nice right around that neighborhood. You know, you have to go, if you live around there, you can walk there instead of driving, get in the car in a grocery store. But it brings the question, you know, we had this conversation a couple weeks ago about uh, how restaurants are going to be sustainable after this. Cause it's, I don't think they can go back the way they used to be. Right. Yeah. Do you like, do you think, I don't know what the bottom line or if they are making money off the markets or is it an easy lift for them? I don't know. But, um, do you think this could be a permanent fixture in restaurants? Well, it might be the whole restaurant. They might have a small section of market items in the future, like more restaurants and start doing that. Do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, about having a market inside a restaurant as a way to like, like it'd be a, like be a permanent thing after this, like as a, the new normal. First of all, I think it, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, I think, you know, just as we are using this verb so commonly now of pivoting restaurants, pivoting to try to, um, uh, to, to survive in this new world, they're not going to be able to go back. Many of them are not going to be able to go back to things as usual, whatever that was, you know, that that's kind of a, it's kind of a fallacy now that, that they're going to be able to do mm-hmm. that. So, yeah. And I think that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I, I honestly think um, this idea though, of getting local goods is also kind of a win-win for those companies that um, produce those products. And maybe, you know, if, if it's a Wisconsin farm, they're having a, a little more trouble getting them yeah. into Wisconsin. I think it's a benefit for them too. So I think... Yeah, they don't have to deal with like the Whole Foods and all those distributions. Totally. They can work with these local restaurant stores. And they get it right directly to people. Yeah. So get your get some amazing meal and then take some home some food and support the local restaurants, support the local farm. So you might that might be a thing in the future. So uh, I, I think it's, a, I would support it. I mean, I don't know whether it, it's, it's going to work out that way, but I could, I could honestly see it happening. And, you know, Fauntleroy and, um, and Don's are really, as you mentioned, really good examples of that. I mean, we don't, neither of us really knows how, how long into the future they may do that, or if it'll become a permanent part, we don't know, but um, I like it. Next. Um, Again, last week we had a, 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 a different type of episode last week, and we kind of briefly mentioned, um, due to all the protests and systemic racism and all that, uh, we mentioned a lot of efforts and pieces have been about supporting 50 L.A. black restaurants support, blah, blah, blah. All these kind of stories have been popping up, support local black businesses. You put together a list for Milwaukee, and can you talk about uh, what to, what readers can see at that list over at MilwaukeeMagazine.com? Uh, sure. So, um, we have a great list that is, that is on our website, um, of restaurants and they're not just restaurants, but they're food businesses that have, you know, um, specialized in some kind of product, perhaps like, um, uh, goodie gourmets. That's one 
place that, that is a little bit different than a regular restaurant. But these are black owned businesses and how you can support them. I'm, you know, yeah, we should, as, as someone may have said, well, aren't, shouldn't we be supporting these businesses all the time? Yes, yep. um, we should. Uh, uh, but here's, okay, let's, here's, here's a reminder that we really need, they really need our, our help right now because some of them have been targeted um, during the protests, um, during COVID, they've been hit extremely hard. Um, so, than a typical restaurant owner. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, I've got places like Daddy's Soul Food and Grill, which um, is on 27th Street. I don't know if you've been there, Tariq. They have a, a Soul Food Sunday menu that's really cool mm. um, where they, they do different kinds of chicken. They've got fried catfish, meatloaf, smothered pork chops. Comes with all these different sides. They have desserts. Um, uh, uh, Heaven's Table Barbecue, which you and I know is probably the best barbecue restaurant in Milwaukee. Um, one of them. I, okay, I don't want to cause them. any we'll alarms. <laughs> um, you know, the, so they specialize in, in beef brisket, pork ribs, smoked chicken. They do smoked salmon. They have uh, meat platters. They also have, you can get pastrami. 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 He, I don't know that he has it all the time, but yeah, pastrami is a great, is, is, is wonderful when he has it. And you can get different meats by the pound. He has sides like grits, mac and cheese, coleslaw, baked beans, um, Jules Caribbean. Here's another one that uh, uh, open. Well, honestly, when I put this together, I mean, I don't know at this point, they could be doing some in, in dining in, but open for carry out and they offer delivery, um, different kinds of wings, jerk chicken dinner, fried plantains. That's on Martin Luther King drive. Um, a classic, wonderful soul food restaurant is Mr. Perkins Family Restaurant um, on 20th and Atkinson. Um, absolutely uh, the place to go if you want kind of traditional soul food. Pass de Peas, which is a, um, another restaurant that would specialize in things like smothered steak, tilapia, catfish, beef ribs that come with like a barbecue sauce or gravy, um, all sorts of different dishes. That restaurant is located on 78th and Appleton. Um, those are just a few of the restaurants on, on the list. And, cool. Oh, I should mention, we definitely um, take a look at Sherman Phoenix because um, I have that as well. And there are many businesses um, located within Sherman Phoenix, um, all of, owned by um, people of color and really great. I mean, really great products there. Everything from lush popcorn to funky fresh spring rolls to sauce and spice pizza. Yeah, I, lo- I love Funky Fresh. I had the, I de- they they were delivering uh, frozen rolls, so I had some of those frozen rolls. Yeah, and uh, I think what I had the, the, the buffalo the buffalo chicken one. I think it was a spinach. Yeah, really I think good. I've had that. I I, I, I kind of I know you probably shouldn't do it, but I fried them because <laughs> oh, it takes away from did? the healthiness. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I want to fry these. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Try, Truman. I was supposed to bake. I baked the first round. I was like, I want to fried. I don't know. So, but anyway, uh, and I love lush popcorn as well. So cool. Uh, and finally, um, uh, just like last week, this is, you usually do our cookbook pick of the week, but this week is not technically ah. a cookbook. And so what is your pick? Okay. So this year on my birthday, which um, was a couple weeks ago, uh, a friend of mine sent me a really thoughtful book that I'm um, just starting to read right now, and I love it because it's full of short stories, short works, 
Um, it's the best American food writing of 2019. And it's edited by Samin Nasrat. Um, if you know Samin, she is just incredible. She um, is the author of a book called Salt, Fat, Acid, and Heat, um, which actually was uh, turned into a Netflix uh, a Netflix show. Yep. Um, and uh, she put together. She's the editor of this of this work, and she's got um, different uh, food writing by um, Michael Twitty, um, Priya Krishna. Tajal Rao, Helen Rosner, Sam Anderson, Ian Frazier, and many, many others. And um, so she kind of, you know, called through what are what were the best um, uh, in food writing of 2019 and put that together in this book. So um, I'm just starting it and I'm really into it and really, I really love it um, because it's it's diverse. There's a lot of diverse voices in here. Um, reflecting a lot of different um, uh, food ways. Cool. Well, that wraps up this week's edition of This Bites. This Bites is edited by Kenny Perez. Handcraft exciting inspiration comes from the Licensed Lab with support from Society Insurance and your membership. Subscribe to this podcast at RadioMilwaukee.org slash This Bites. Find us on iTunes, NPR, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Remember, feedback is important, so please rate and review. And as always, and Stay hungry. And keep that malort cold. I think I'm going to need some this It's going to be a hot summer, Tariq. Um... you got to get stuff cold. <laughs> you better get some. I, you know, you've got, I mean, I still, I mean, can you have that stuff shipped to you? I mean, you can certainly, I don't know. I think discount liquor can get some. Or but... autos, maybe? I don't know. But wait, 2020 is, is like a bottle of malort. Let's oh, put it that God. way. Oh, God. Well, I would say that, but you're a fan of Malort, so I don't know. I'm not a. I'm. 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 I'm a, I'm a fan of the story of Malort. Yeah. Well, I thought you said you kind of like the flavor of it, but we won't. We won't get into that. I mean, I like the flavor. I'm not saying I'm like sitting there addicted to the flavor. Okay. Well, now <laughs> I tolerate the flavor. Let's put it that way. It. I don't. I'm not. You haven't I, had it for a while now, though, right? No, because bars are closed. Yeah. So. Well, not now, but yeah. yeah. Anyway, Anne, you have a good weekend. You too.